And we are back with this week's edition of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Bavona, joined alongside by Grayson Sheepy G. Marino and Andrew Johnson. And guys, week one of the NFL season has finally reached a breaking point. Uh, big injury last night on Monday Night Football for the New York Jets, which we'll get into a little bit later on. But overall, a wild week one in the National Football League. A stunning upset last Thursday with the Super Bowl champions losing. We saw a really tough Sunday night game for my New York Football Giants. A great game between the Dolphins and the Chargers. And overall, just very happy to have Mon- – uh, I was at Monday Night Football for some reason. But overall, happy to have the NFL back as a whole – Always a good time to see some of these games and for a different of reasons, whether that be just watching the game, doing fantasy sports, or just looking at it as a whole. It's great to have NFL back. Yeah, I mean, I'm thankful for Monday Night Football too, Nick. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> Very. Hey, listen, I didn't say anything. This, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for... Uh, just football in general to be back. It was a very yeah. exciting week one. The one o'clock games sucked and I wanted to claw my eyes up. And the four o'clock games, those were very exciting. Lots of yeah. high-powered offense. Yeah, no, the, you're absolutely right. There was a lot of – the one o'clock games were kind of tough to watch, especially one which we'll get into a bit. Four o'clock games got a little bit better. But before we got there, guys, we had to talk about the first game of the entire NFL season, that being the Thursday night season opener between the Detroit Lions and and the Kansas City Chiefs, and man, what can you say about this Detroit Lions team pulling off a huge win on the road, going into Arrowhead, knocking off the defending champions 21-20, to the Lions getting a huge win, and think about some of the things that happened in this game for them. They had a fake punt that led to a, their, the touchdown drive with Amon Ross St. Brown in the first quarter. They were trailing going into halftime, were able to come back off of a pick six, and then they got a late touchdown for David Montgomery to win this game. And the story of this game really for the Kansas City Chiefs is you didn't have Travis Kelsey. You really showed offensively when it came down to it. Kadarius Toney, Sky Moore really struggled, had a bunch of drops that led to miscues for the Chiefs and led to them losing this game. You had Jawan Taylor going offside so many times, which they only called once in this game, but Eight million dollar right tackle, by the way. Right, and that, that's a that's Couldn't another line up directly. That's what, yeah. I mean, he <laughs> literally was offside every play in the entire game. And thankfully, at the end of the game, they called him it for like the first time ever, and it almost cost the Lions, but they were able to hold on and get the win. And there's a lot of moment, you know, the lot of hype for this Detroit Lions team going into the season before this game happened, and now they beat the Chiefs at opening night, and now the momentum's even more higher than it was at the beginning of the season. They've got to believe that if they could beat a team like the Chiefs, they could maybe be a potential threat to win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, no. I love this Lions team, man. Like, I loved it. I love the whole coaching staff. Like, they are just so much fun to watch. The intensity that they play with, I love them. So do you plan on disavowing the Giants soon to become a bandwagon no. Lions fan? Actually, okay. no. Just making sure it is September 12th. If you ever lore 2023 at 9.40 p.m., I am just recording this, and it's going to be used in the future against you. I, you're locked into the New York football Giants. Uh, yes, I am. All right. Just making Unless sure they fire Brian Dable, then that, then that would nope. be it. I'm stuck. I'm invested. I sat there and watched that whole game on, on Sunday. I, I I'll get to that too. later. Yeah, I unfortunately did too. But overall, I mean, you got to like what you saw from Detroit in this game. They, you know, Mahomes led the Chiefs in rushing, and that's another problem for the Chiefs that they, we know, we've know we known about for a while. They don't really have the best running game. We thought uh, Isaiah Pacheco would have to do something well, in this game. He was struggling. Clyde the, was the a player that, that used was a lot. Too, I'm going to say this. I hate to cut you off. but no, like, go ahead. If you watch the way they were calling their runs with Pacheco, like, it was just strange. Like, and Clyde Wittelaire had, I, I saw, I didn't mean to cut you off, but there was a gaping yeah. hole that Clyde Wittelaire missed at yeah. one point in that game. And that's a like, bad I sight just, for a former first round pick. I just don't understand the rotation of running backs so early, where, like, Pacheco was huge for them down the stretch last year. Right. Like, so was Jarek McKinnon. He was huge, yeah. too, for them as well. Like, they barely used him. Yeah. I'm just surprised they didn't let him get a rhythm. Like, 
it just felt like every time he was like, all right, he'd pick up two, three, pick up four even. And then, like, they take him out for her lair, which is like, I, I'm all, I guess I'm, I'm against the running back by committee for the most part. But, like, let the guy get a rhythm going. <laughs> like, I it, mean, at the end of the day, is this really, I mean, it could be an overreaction, but a lot of people are saying that, the, you know, the, the Chiefs are in trouble this season. It's going to be a long year for them. I'm not going to be saying that because I know I I know better than that, especially after what happened last season. Um, but this is very it's, it's a tough way. It's a, a tough, concerning loss for them, considering the fashion it did happen. Because they easily could have won. It just a lot of mental mistakes happen, and that and you don't really expect that from the defending champion to do that. Well, I'll say that's fair, but they did face a a Lions team. With... No, they are very well coached, and they yeah they they. they Listen, that fake punt that they called for the first t- you know, they got them their first touchdown of the game. I, it took a lot of guts to do that, and that's what Dan Campbell's all about. He wants to show his team, listen, I'm going to make sure that we have every possibility that we have and every chance that we have to make sure that we win these football games, and that's exactly what they did. They took advantage of all the miscues from the Chiefs. They got that pick six off of the, you know, the ball that went right through Kadarius Tony's hands. They were able to take advantage of you know Tony dropping a pass late in the fourth quarter. Then they got the holding after that, a false start, and they really overall did a great job of winning this game and holding on in the fashion that they did. They did, and now they go into next week looking to keep that momentum going and try to go two and zero. It's so it was just a really good first game of the season, right? It definitely was a good appetizer for what we were ready to see for the rest of the weekend. We saw on Sunday, unfortunately for one of the 1 o'clock games, it, a couple of blowouts, but two of them were really in dominating fashion. And the first one was kind of maybe a surprise one, to, you know, surprise. if you ask a couple of people. What did you say, Andrew? It's a huge surprise. Right, yeah. I know, I called you Andrew. That was also very weird. I said that. Um <laughs> But a big-time blowout win for the Cleveland Browns at home against the Cincinnati Bengals, blowing them out in a final of 24-3. Who would have thought the Bengals would put up three points on the season opener? Joe Burrow just looked really bad in this game, only threw for 82 yards in this one. It really goes down to the fact that the Browns' pass rush is just really dominant, especially against that Bengals O-line that we've known for a while now has really been bad. Overall, no matter what they do in the offseason and in the draft to try to fix it, hasn't worked for them. It showed in this game. I, I just was watching the game, and it seemed as if every time the Bengals were in a third and long, and Burrow had to keep checking down because they didn't have a wide receiver open and pass the first down marker. Jamar Chase was held 39 yards. T. Higgins did not even have a single reception in this one. A great performance from Cleveland. And this is why I said the Browns could be a playoff team. They have a good defense on paper. And if Deshaun Watson plays anything like he used to play like, and again, I don't want him to because of all the previous history he has, but you have Nick Chubb, you have Amari Cooper, you got Elijah Moore in the offseason. They have a good offensive you know, team, and they have one of the best offensive lines in football. The Browns could be a team that makes the playoffs this season, and they really showed it in week one against Cincinnati. So I'm not going to say this was a dominant win because it was anyone's game going into the fourth quarter. I think Cleveland had a 10-point lead going into the fourth. They they had a, yes, 13-3 lead going into the fourth. Yeah, yeah. So they had a 10-point lead going into the fourth. Bengals had their that, chances for sure. That is a very winnable game, especially for a professional football team. You, have, you see so many teams score twice within the four or five-minute span. Really could have been anyone's game. What was surprising, like you said, was, was the anemic offense. But if you remember... They had a very slow start last year, too. Um, I think they need to play more in the preseason. Uh, call me crazy, but I think the team should take the preseason just a little bit more seriously. And rather than have these guys play for one quarter, well, how about you play for a quarter every game? Well, keep in mind for the Bengals, Burrow was injured for most of the preseason for them, so he couldn't play. Yeah, I'm aware of Joe Burrow being injured, but you can still run your other guys. They can get used to the routes. They can get used to Yeah, I mean, then you I, risk injury. That's the problem. I mean, it's tough. Listen, if you're going to get injured, you get injured at any point in the season. You, you, you have, you're wrapped Aaron, 
we'll go on this later, but you wrap Darren Rodgers in bubble wrap for the entire preseason outside of one game, really two, really only two or three drives, and he still gets injured. So if you get injured, you it's it's the inevitable. You're only delaying the inevitable. Right. I get this freak accidents, but it's football. You're gonna have injuries. Got to got to roll with it. I'd rather you have. I'd rather risk the injury for even a quarter or two during every single preseason game than just come full out flat and not know your offense for the first four games of the season. Yeah, I mean, I if you're the Bengals, we know their offense will get back on track, you know, as season goes on. It's just a rough game. I mean, you have to think about also the conditions were bad. It was raining most of that game. You're facing a defensive line that has killed you in the past. Miles Garrett has been a, ne- a nemesis for Joe Burrow and that Bengals offensive line since Burrow got drafted by Cincinnati. And that's something that they got to fix at the rest of the season. I, I think Burrow's career record-wise against the Browns is not a good record just because of how he's dominant. He's one of two wins. Yeah, I, the Browns' defensive line has just been very dominant, and their secondary looked amazing in this game overall. And that's why the Browns could be a team to watch out for as the season goes on. But we'll have to see what happens the rest of the way. Another game that we saw in the 1 o'clock window that – was pretty much a dominant win for this team was the San Francisco 49ers. And, you know, there was a lot of talk about how they look. You know, Brock Purdy had a magical end of the season last year, but then gets hurt in the NFC Championship game. He's coming off for surgery, playing his first game back against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Steelers are no joke of a defense with T.J. Watt leading the way. Watt was a monster for them in this game at three sacks and a fumble recovery. But the Niners dominated this game throughout the get-go. Winning this one 30-7. Purdy throwing for 220 yards and two touchdowns. But Christian McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk were the stories of this game for San Francisco. McCaffrey throw, running for 152 yards and a rushing touchdown. Also had three catches for 17 yards. And have we finally maybe seen Brandon Ayuk finally take that next step to being a top-tier wide receiver? Eight catches, 129 yards, and two touchdowns against a Steelers team that's known for their defense. He was a big-time player in this game, leading the Niners to a win. Tough game for te- for Kenny Pickett, throwing two interceptions. Kind of looked lost against that Niners defense that got Nick Bosa back, who signed that record-breaking contract deal just a couple days before this game happened. So the Niners, again, look like a favorite in the NFC once again. We'll have to see if they can get back to the Super Bowl. But overall, what were your impressions from this game? 49ers just looked absolutely dominant. Um, I, I didn't see a more complete football game this weekend on the defensive and the offensive end. They right. made Kenny Pickett's all that, you know, I, I know he had a bad preseason, but the, the, the hype was he was had a really good training camp and he developed this offseason. And to be honest, he looked like a rookie six-round quarterback. He did, that's unfortunately. What, that's how he made yeah. him look this week. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, I have high hopes for Kenny Pickett. Uh, I think he's going to be great with all the talent around him. Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Pat Frymuth, Nashi Harris. I think he'll be great. But, man, the 49ers offense and defense look like an absolute juggernaut that can't be stopped. Barring injuries, yeah, I well, think I they're going to win the whole thing. They have a great shot in the NFC considering how co- the conference is right now. It's very, you know A lot of people are saying it's weak, and for good reason. I mean, you have maybe three or four top contending teams, and then – the other teams are just fighting for a wild card spot. But, yeah, I think if they play like this, they have a really good shot to going back to the Super Bowl. But and you look at the Steelers' side. You talked about Deontay Johnson. Think about the impact of this game for the Steelers. Not only did they lose in a bad fashion, Deontay Johnson gets injured. He's going to be out for a couple weeks. Cam Hayward also gets injured. He's going to be out several weeks. Those are two big players on both sides of the ball for that team now that are going to be injured. And for Kenny Pickett, if – he, now he has to turn to guys like Najee Harris and George Pickens even more than ever to help him win these next couple of games to try to get the, you know, ride the ship back. I know it's only week one, but when you lose guys like that, that early on in the season, it's really imperative on you to make sure that you win these next couple of games and, you know, maintain the course before they come back so that they can make you get into the playoffs. So, they go. They have a game next week at home against Cleveland. It won't be easy considering what the Browns just did to the Bengals. But yeah, a rough game one for Pittsburgh. But I want to talk about the next game. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get what I uh, I anticipated. I, I 
I mean, I'll let you start this about the Eagles and the Patriots because I'm I'm going to be a minute. Yeah, here. I, I know, I know it's a tough one. I mean, early on in this game, the Eagles were controlling throughout the fat the entire game. They had a sixteen nothing lead. Mac Jones threw a tough interception, which you could be. That wasn't his fault. I don't care. Yeah, you could you can be the judge of that one, whether it was his fault or not. Um, but the, yeah, the Eagles started this game off really good. They looked like the team that went back to the soup. They went to the Super Bowl last year, and they looked like they were going to be even more dominant than they were last season. But give the Patriots credit. They made this a game. They put a 14 in the second quarter, made it a two-point game going into halftime. The Eagles took it into the fourth quarter, leading 19-14. to And the Patriots, they had a chance to win this game at the end of, the game, at the end of it. They got a touchdown to make it a five-point game. Could not convert the two-point conversion due to a penalty being called. They were not able to convert after that penalty was called. And they lose this one 25-20, unfortunately. Had a chance towards the end with their last drive, but unfortunately for them, a fourth down. Uh, the the I believe he's a rookie, Keyshawn Booty, right? He's a I believe yeah, he's a rookie right now. Keyshawn Booty, yeah, Keyshawn Booty. He uh, just he couldn't drag his made, second foot. I know he's used the, to the uh, college. Listen, it's uh, he's used to the college rule, which I think right. should come to the NFL. I've said this multiple times. Would make life a lot easier and define what a pass is. What, what I'm sorry, what a catch is because. Every referee seems to have a different definition. But here's how I look at it. You had really bad weather, and clearly the, the fumble from Zeke, because the ball was slippery, and the... Uh, yep, that was also a big factor. I'll say that the, the pick was due to the ball was slippery as well. Couldn't get his fingers around the ball. Um, so I'll, I'll blame the rain for the first quarter, because as the weather lined up, the Patriots got better. Right. But... Again, playing Foxborough in uh, in the winter time, you're gonna have to learn to play for those those really bad weather games. So, good learning experience. I'm sure it will happen again in the future. But the Patriots should have won that game uh, if Bill Belichick just took the field goal earlier, which he I I would have taken. Um, he could have taken a field goal there to win the game. Listen, I know he's a rookie, whatever. But if he's good enough to trade away your 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 kicker, that's been pretty solid the last couple of years. You should have given the opportunity there because at least if we knew the outcome was going to be the same, you should have just given the, the opportunity to kick both times. But I'm very hopeful going forward. Mac Jones over 300 passing yards and three touchdowns right. um, on pace for, uh, I think, 54 touchdowns and uh, like 5,200 yards. And I totally think that's going to happen. So um, let yeah, me Bill be the loser for a week or two. It's definitely possible. Yeah. 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 I mean, listen, Bill, Bill has already kind of rebuilt Mac Jones' confidence. You could have saw it in uh, week two. Uh, in week one, and I can't see the, I can't wait to see what happens week two. Yeah, and you got a, a, another interesting game coming up in week two as well. And I mean, it's going to come down to if they can continue the success they had towards the end of that game with Mac Jones, then the Patriots they could be a team that makes the playoffs in the wild card, um, or in who knows maybe win the division. I mean, anything is possible. Anything is way. possible, especially after the first week in the AFC East. Right, so I think anything is possible at the end of the day, but it's a t- it's at the end of the day it's it's a tough loss because you know that there was a easy there there was ways you could have won it just didn't go your way, and for the Eagles when it comes down to it, they looked great early on, but they really struggled throughout most of this game, especially against the Patriots defense. They really had Jalen Hurts, you know, struggling to throw the football. They he only had 170 up. yards. They did. The AJ Brown. Had 79 yards receiving. Devonta Smith had the lone touchdown reception. Fantastic. Right. And that's big. I, I, and we said it in our draft coverage. Christian Gonzalez was rated as to be the top corner at going into that draft. And he fell he to New fell. England. Yeah. And that was a huge pickup for you guys. And now he helps you in this game almost win it. I think this future is still bright for your Patriots. It's a great litmus test against the team that went it was very close to winning the Super Bowl last season. And now, if you can go into next week's game against Miami and win, that's huge confidence going into the rest of the season. So I'm curious to see what New England does in week number two. Yeah, and I want to get into it. Speaking of Miami, let's talk about the Dolphins win a thriller over the Chargers. Um, Chargers got a cool. charge. Let's talk well, about J.C. Jackson right now, former Patriot. Burnt toast. <laughs> At burnt toast, and he cost him the game. I mean, I think we can undoubtedly say this was one of, in my opinion, probably was the game of the week, but the, the game last night also was pretty good on Monday night. But 
a lot of high scoring, you know, kind of like if you like if you love college football, this is your type of game. You saw a lot of points, a lot of, you know, yardage and the Dolphins win and you said it best. The Chargers just charge in this one. Um Tua Tonga Valoa throw for 466 yards, three passing touchdowns. Tyreek Hill had 215 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, those are just unbelievable numbers from this game. The Chargers had some good numbers as well. Herbert threw for 228 and a touchdown. Austin Eckler, before he got injured, had 117 yards rushing and a touchdown. But Joshua Kelly did good in a backup role, running for 91 and a touchdown. The Chargers just, they let this one slip away from them. And you spoke about, J, you know, J.C. Jackson. He really struggled in this game, cost him at the end of it. And the Chargers had a chance to potentially win the game after the Dolphins missed the extra point. But they if I'm all, a Dolphins the fan Dolphins right now, I'm struggled. Even though they won, I'm terrified because Tyreek's not doing this every week. Well, I'd be terrified that their defense is going to be struggling most of the year, especially against the run. That's a lot of rushing yards that they gave up in this game. 234 total rushing yards that they allowed against the Chargers. Listen, I, I've got Tyreek Hill in fantasy. Uh, I know you do. He put up seven. He, he had his best season ever, putting up 1,700 yards. There are 16 games to go. He is he going to regress. To his, he said it. I mean, I think he'll get 2,000, but he's on pace for 3,400 right now. That's not going to happen. He won't it's even not sniff 3,400. Yeah, I that mean, won't he's happen. going to have some. There are going to be some tough conversations of him regressing hard in a game or two. He's going to have right. a couple games where he only gets like. And for him, it's going to be a great game to run forever by anyone else's dead, but him, he'll have a couple games where he gets 60 or 70 yards and maybe a touchdown, which for him is a bad game, but for any other receiver, you'd be over the moon for it. But he's going to regress hard in a, in a, uh, in a week or two, and uh, I'm I'm scared if I'm the Dolphins. You, your defense couldn't stop anything unless Tyreek was unstoppable. You, well, you win a nail-biter. I'm also scared if and I'm you, a Chargers and you would, fan. And you, uh, no, because no, you could fix that stuff. You could fix, you could fix a defense. You like your defense will eventually regress to the mean if you have a high power right. powered offense. But think uh, of how like their a- season ended last season going into this year, and it's kind of the same scenario in which their defense gets torn up. And if for Brandon Staley, this is really this could this could be his last season. Oh, yeah, he'll as get coach. fired. He'll get fired if he doesn't. If they don't do something, improve. And this was the perfect. And even think about this scenario: the Chiefs lose. This is your chance this season to prove and say something. You know, you're like, you know what? Chiefs just lost last week on Thursday. Our time now to shine and make sure that we win this game and solidify ourselves as a top three in the AFC West. Not only did they lose, but guess who's the only team that's undefeated in the AFC West going into week number two? The Raiders. Out of all the teams. The Chargers' chance was right there for the taking, and they don't take it. And now... They go into week number two, 0-1, and they'll have to rebounce back. And you're right. They could definitely fix it, but that's a blown opportunity that they could have easily had. So we'll have to see. But how about another game that we saw in the 4 o'clock window? And this was a game that was pretty much dominated in one fashion by the Green Bay Packers. And once again, they pretty much own the Chicago Bears in this one. Jordan Love's first official start as the true starter for the Green Bay Packers, and he looked pretty good in this one, guys. Throwing for three touchdowns, 245 yards. Aaron Jones had a pretty good game as well in the rushing and receiving uh, categories. And Justin Fields was on and off in this game. He threw a really bad interception that went back for a pick six. He led the team in rushing. The Packers dominated, win this one 38-20. They get their first win under the Jordan Love era, and... They've got to feel really confident if they can have another, you know, couple games like this with Jordan Love. They got to believe that maybe they could still win this division and get back to the playoffs. And for the Bears, a lot of hype going into the season, going all up in smoke after Week One, and now they really need to regroup going into Week Number Two. Death taxes and Green Bay, the Green Bay Packers beat the Bears and having a generational quarterback. Or is that second one too soon? Uh, it's, still, it's, de- it's definitely overreaction early, but who knows? If he plays like this, it's it's definitely possible. I don't know, man. He looked really, really good for someone who's uh, – that was his first NFL game. He it probably was, had – because listen, this is what I'm going to say. or third official start, but it, like his first official as the like quote-unquote guy, the, like guy. the guy. Yeah, as the guy. 
So this is them saying he's ready and he's ready to start. And right. By those standards, that was a very impressive game. Uh, listen, I think he had the best quarterback performance in the entire league this week. Uh, people can say, oh, look at Tua, but no. I think Tua got carried by Tyreek Hill that week. It was more impressive watching Jordan Love throw to McDonald's cashiers than uh, Tua throwing to Tyreek. That's true. They didn't have Christian Watson in this game, so Romeo Dobbs was their quote-unquote number one wide receiver. And no and... disrespect to him. He's an elite athlete to play at that level, but right. he's not a number one. And that Jordan Love did that with him is incredible. That's a great performance. No, absolutely. And I think for the for any Packer fan to have that performance of week number one, especially against a division rival like that, that's huge going into week number two. They got a, a fun game this week coming up with the Atlanta Falcons. But um, if you're Chicago, I I don't know. You this is a this was kind of a season where a lot of expectations were being made. Some people are saying that if all things go right, you can maybe win the division. But everything seemed to go wrong for them in this game, and now they really need to regroup going into week number two. Now they're not the only team that needs to go into week number two regrouping, and this one is a tough one for me. Sunday night was probably one of the darkest games I've ever watched for the Giants in a, in a while. Last season was obviously a very big bright spot for me, watching the team finally do good again. But I kind of got reminded of, you know, the Pat Shermer, you know, uh, Joe Judge era of Giants football with the way that they played against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night. I mean... The first drive, they looked really good. They were getting down the field. Dallas had no answer for them. And then a fumble on third down. Then they had a kick get blocked in return for a touchdown. Uh, A pick six, which you can judge if that was a pick six or a fumble. Uh, I don't – it doesn't matter either way. Dallas scored on it. Either way, I think it's Saquon's fault. Either way, it doesn't matter. They, They scored on it no matter how you go about it. But going into the second quarter, you're down 16 nothing is not easy to come back to. And it only really came down to this. Dallas's defense was unbelievable in this game. Daniel Jones was running for his life. He was sacked seven times. Giants really couldn't run the ball as they would have liked to. And Dallas looks really formidable with this defense. They added Stephon Gilmore. He had an interception in this game. You know, obviously Trayvon Diggs is there. They had the rest of the defensive line that was a problem. Guys like Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, you know, overall, there's not much more I can really say. It's just for the Giants, a horrible start to the season. You play the Cardinals this upcoming week. It's an easy chance for you to get back on track and win, but a loss to Arizona especially, that could be the end of the season immediately right there for New York. So they really need to get back on track this week. But for Dallas, this is a win in which you look at and say, listen, if we continue the success throughout the rest of the year, this could be finally that year that we get to the Super Bowl. So hopefully for my sake, that's not the case. But for Dallas fans, that could be the case as the season goes on. Were any of us uh, alive the last time they won a playoff game? No. No. Okay. Um, well, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They no, won no, they, last they, year. Besides last okay. year. Besides last yeah, year. They, they've won playoff games. You, I think you mean by going, going to the yeah, Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah, going to the Super Bowl. Oh, my yeah. bad. I mean, Nick, though, like this was a – the worst start you possibly could have had. I mean, you get a field goal yeah. blocked. You're not going to see that very often. I mean, Saquon, Dan Jones throws a ball to Saquon. He has it and then pops up straight into the dude's arms. Like, it. those two plays alone are like freak incidents. Like, in a game. Yeah, I you will say, if the first drive doesn't happen, the, the game doesn't happen. This is probably like a different that. game. Like, I mean, besides the fact they would have scored, but, like, they would have had confidence. And I just think after the pick, it was over. They they had nothing. Like, but as a bright side, the defense didn't – the Giants' defense looked not bad considering the offense was giving them absolutely nothing. So that's a – if you're going to take any semi-bright side out of a loss like that, that's it. But, yeah, no, they need to bounce back. 
that you can't flop against the Cardinals. They have to go out there and honestly steamroll them. I hope. I hope. What's your outcome on this season now for the Giants? I I was concerned going into the year because the schedule was one of the toughest. And I was hoping that maybe... Listen, I still think they can make the playoffs just because the, the NFC is... Pretty much, I mentioned it earlier. It's kind of weak, so they could, I think, could make a wild card if possible. But it's top heavy. If they play anything like they did on Sunday, they're not going to have a chance. And maybe at most, they win seven games. So they they have to fix everything, or else it's going to be a, a disastrous season. And I really don't want that because I really like Brian Dable, and I don't want people to start asking, "Is he really the guy at our head coach?" I, I already well, happening. I, yeah, I know it's already happening, and I really don't understand it. It's one game. Everyone's overreacting. So, who knows? Uh, we'll see what fans for you. We'll see what ha- – yeah. And New York sports fans were definitely talking about – we're definitely going about it last Ooh. night after an unbelievable Monday night football game between the Jets and the Bills. The Best average- case scenario for well, both for teams. You, yeah. You're an asshole. Thank well, you. The scenario for this game, obviously, you know, the anniversary of 9-11, it was a very big electric atmosphere at MetLife Stadium. Both Grace and I were there in attendance for different reasons, but we were there nonetheless. And the Aaron Rodgers tenure for the Jets, unfortunately for them, was just only four snaps. Rodgers gets injured early on in the game, um, holds his, you know, lower leg, I believe it was his right leg, and... At, at the you know at the worst, you're hoping that it's maybe something that's not serious and that he's able to return later on in the season. I'll get into a little bit later of what the exact injury is. But he got taken out of the game. The Jets had to roll back to Zach Wilson. So Zach Wilson, once again, getting the opportunity to be that starting quarterback one and taking on Buffalo and Josh Allen. And we've seen Josh Allen's previous history against the Jets has not been good, especially last year's game at MetLife Stadium. I... I live on the fact that I'm sorry, I cut you off, but mm. I'm I'm gonna die on the fact that that man sees ghosts at MetLife. I don't understand. He might have Sam Darlington's syndrome. It's Bro, possible. He never. This guy could be a really good quarterback most of the season and plays a game at MetLife and looks like he's never played the position once in his life. I swear, right. it's insane. I've been to two games now, Bills Jets. And both times that man has looked like he should be like in the CFL. Well, right. I think the average CFL quarterbacks would average less than three turnovers a game, right? Yeah, I mean three yeah. three interceptions in this game for Two for Josh Allen. Idiotic. Um, the, the first one he threw was pretty much a punt, in my opinion. So I didn't really, you know, it, it's not a great. I'm not, you know. Saying it's good, I'm just saying that's basically what he did on that play. He just chalked it down the field. But Jordan Whitehead having all three of those interceptions a great game for him. Yeah, Brees Hall had ten carries and he made the most of them. The biggest one being an 83-yard t- uh, rush that almost led to a Jets touchdown, but it led to three at that point. And he runs for 127 yards in this game, so it's great to see him back coming off of that ACL injury. Um. But a lot of miscues for the for Buffalo in this one. They really could not get it. Excuse me, get anything going. Uh, Stephon Diggs had a monster game and had ten catches for 102 yards and a touchdown. Garrett Wilson on the Jets side had an unbelievable touchdown. That uh, looking back I at still it, cannot believe that catch. I mean, I was, he originally played defense on the play yeah. and then went from playing defense to being playing his actual position of wide receiver. That catch was made literally right below me, and. I still can't believe he caught that ball. <laughs> yeah, and he did an unbelievable job making the catch, and that really gave the Jets a spark that they needed late in that game against Buffalo. And Buffalo almost did not tie this game going into overtime. You know, he had Tyler Bass hitting a field goal, hitting off of the upright and just doinking in somehow, some way for Buffalo to send the game into overtime. But the Bills, they go three and out on their first possession, and they punted away at the Jets, and Credit to Xavier Gibson, the you know the hard knock star for the Jets, one of the last cool. guys to make the roster, returning the punt for a touchdown to win the game for the Jets. They win this one by a final of twenty two to sixteen. They go to one and zero in the season. The Bills lose. 
a game in which they should have won, considering the circumstances that happened after Rodgers got hurt and with the amount of opportunities they had in this game. They just looked really sloppy at the end of the day. They let the Jets win this one. And the Jets, they win, but it did come out of cost. I mentioned earlier Aaron Rodgers did get hurt. The, the official you know, injury for him is that he tore his Achilles, so he's now done for this season. So once again, it is Zach Wilson for the New York Jets. He will be the starting quarterback again. It's tough for the Jets because they had a lot of expectations with Rodgers. And now you're going back to square one where you were last season with Zach Wilson. And it really now bears the question of, is this the last time we've seen Aaron Rodgers play football? I'm not willing to say yes, but with the status of the injury and the current, you know, where his current age is at 40 years of age with that type of an injury, it's really tough to recover from that one in Achilles because when you're younger, it's, you know, relatively easier to try to recover quickly. When you're that older, it's really tough to even recover from that. So, who knows what we'll, what we see out of this last, you know, out of this tenure with the Jets and Rodgers. There, there's a positive to this, though. Um, if Rodgers never plays a, a down of football again, he will have a better tenure with the Jets than Brett Favre did. So, that is the silver lining here. <sighs> I um, don't agree with that. Rodgers um, had a Rodgers was playing really good until, up until he had the, the, the injury. I'm just saying shoulder. with the Jets. I'm saying just That's what I'm saying, with the Jets. With the Jets. Rodgers was doing, Favre was doing really good with the Jets up until he got hurt. I'm going to say this, though. I mean, this is a little off of what you guys were just talking about. I give Robert Sala so much damn credit for that, that win last night. To keep your guys locked in like that after you watch your now, you know, MVP caliber quarterback go down, like, that's huge. To keep them that juiced up on the sidelines, and then at the end of the game, meeting Gibson in the end zone was like—you could see why these guys are ready to run through a wall for that guy. Right. He's he's a damn good he's a damn good coach. If he you definitely gets respect- them motivated. I I I, yeah. I I could definitely agree with that, and. Uh, uh, he's been known for his defense going from his you know previous tenure at San Francisco, and it showed last night. A bunch of dogs. The defense was unbelievable for the Jets winning that game for them. They uh, they definitely won it overall for them. If not for the oh, defense, yeah. they would not have won that game. So you got to give them props for that, and especially against the Bills' offense that is no known to be one of the higher power offenses in the National Football League. But to think that we go into week number two with Buffalo. Cincinnati and Kansas City now all sitting at 0-1. You Crazy. would not have expected it to happen after week one of the NFL season, but that's a scenario that we're currently sitting in. And now those teams will have to try to rebound rebounce back in week number two. And for the Jets, it's I'm curious to see now what they do with Zach Wilson and now if who they're gonna be signing at quarterback to be his backup. They'll definitely want a veteran quarterback to be with him, but I don't know who it's going to be. I've heard rumors that it's Carson Wentz, maybe. Wentz. Yeah. Matt Ryan, even, maybe. I've heard them even considering going and trading for James Winston. They could do James. They could get James Winston. Taylor Heineke, maybe, is a possibility also. Yeah. Any veteran quarterback, I guess, is a possibility at this rate for the Jets. But it, it it's, it's a nice emotional win, especially the circumstances of the day. But it's for long-term wise, it's just a rough way to start off this new – you know, this supposed new tenure with your new starting quarterback that now you don't have for the rest of the year. And now it's really going to be interesting to see how the Jets fare the rest of the season now because we saw how bad they were offensively last year trying to get over these quarterback issues. And now is Zach Wilson going to finally take that step they, they need that's necessary to get them into the playoffs? That's all you can hope for now if you're a Jets fan. So I, I think with that, that brings us to my favorite part of the show and your favorite part of the show and everyone's favorite part of the show. And that would be the mushing hour where wins become losses and losses become wins. That's correct. I'm and we look about week one, uh, guys, for our picks. And we were kind of on and off. You know, it wasn't the greatest for some of us. Um, I went I an even terrible. 500. Yeah, yeah, Johnson, you were two and six. Not a good week for you, Grayson. You went six and five, so you did finish positive on the weekend. Sean, who was our special guest for 
our NFL preview for our first episode. He goes 5-8, and eight, so not a good opening mark for his mushing hour debut. So we'll see if we can, you know, right our wrongs here in week number two of this NFL season. And Andrew, why don't you tell us what our first game of the week will be? All right. We have the first week on our mushing hour is the, not defending, but the Super Bowl runner-ups, Philadelphia Eagles, uh, on the at home. They will be hosting them. They will be hosting the Minnesota Vikings. Eagles minus seven favorites at home in Philadelphia. 46 and a half is the slated over under gentlemen, your picks. Um, I'm going the Eagles and the under money line or points. Uh, money line. Uh, that's right, not that's points. The... And um, the under. And the under, uh, that Eagles defense for the most part is going to take another step. Think, Last week, you know, they kind of had a. They were nah. all right. They weren't that great. Nah, they, they let yeah. Mac Jones throw throw for three hundred yeah, touchdowns. They, they started off three hundred touchdowns poorly. They they had a bad bad second. Bad three quarters. Yeah, yeah bad three quarters. first quarter was amazing. Second half, um, but I, I want to say that's a still pretty damn good defense. At least their front seven. Their secondary. Yeah. Their secondary is still good. Yeah, oh, their secondary was was burnt toast though. It was yeah. getting burned, but they they're still on paper decent enough. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just I don't like that Minnesota team. Um, the more I sit here and look at them, like I just outside of JJ, it's JJ and Hawkinson, and then like, oof. Well, I see the reason why it's a minus seven favorite for Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, of course. Look at what happened with Minnesota week one against the Buccaneers. I mean, they lose yeah. at home to Baker Mayfield and that Buccaneers team that, you know, on paper is rebuilding right now, especially after losing Tom Brady. And now they go on the road four days after to face the Eagles. And we know the history of Kirk Cousins on prime time. It's not good. And we saw what happened last year with Kirk Cousins on the road against Philadelphia last season. He struggled mightily. He had a couple of interceptions in week one against the Eagles. Not against the Eagles. Against the Buccaneers. And he also threw a couple of interceptions last year against the Eagles in that week two matchup. I don't really see a scenario in which Minnesota wins this game. I'm going to take the Eagles minus seven. I think they'll get they'll fix all the mistakes that they did in week number one against New England. And I just don't see the, the Vikings making this a game. I, I really don't think they're going to be a good team this season. And... I think the Eagles just take advantage of all their misfortunes and win this one pretty easily. What do you have? All right. So I have, uh, I'm going to disregard. I'm not believing the Eagles. I think if they can uh, get messed up by the Patriots, I think they can get messed up by the Vikings. Give me Vikings plus seven. Not saying the Vikings are going to win, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than they realize. I think the Vikings will bounce back after destroying my parlay last week. Um, (laughs) And I think they have a, a bounce back week in Philadelphia on the road because I don't think they can afford to start off zero uh, two. No, they can. So give me uh, give me the Vikings uh, plus seven. Uh, but staying within the NFC North uh, division favorites, maybe question mark. The Detroit Lions will be hosting the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Lions six and a half point favorites at home. Forty seven and a half is the slated over under at this time. Well, uh, Seahawks were another team like the Vikings that were a playoff team last season, and they had a really bad opening week. They lost badly to the Los Angeles Rams at home, 30-13. to Now they go on the road to Detroit. The Lions coming off of that win against the Chiefs. They've got a lot of momentum going for them right now. And I, I don't know if I'm willing to take Detroit plus six, uh, minus six and a half, though, for this game. Because I feel like all the momentum from that week one is going to get to their head, and they're going to let Seattle stick with them in this game. I like Detroit to win, but I like Seattle to cover. I think Seattle will fix the mistakes they had in week one. They have too many good playmakers on offense for them not to keep this a game. And I think Detroit will let that game one get to them, but they'll still win it at the end of the day. So give me Seattle plus six and a half. Wow, Nick, uh, I'll go right after you because you kind of took off the words out of mouth. Yeah, I think Seattle's going to keep this a game. I think the Lions will have a slight hangover. I, don't, I think they end up winning, but 
not enough to cover. So I'm also going to take uh, the Seahawks plus six and a half. Okay. I'm just taking the Detroit money line. I don't like. I agree with you guys, but uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not going to take that risk just in case. No, that's uh, fair. The Lions decide to snap out. That's fair. All right, so Grace is taking the Detroit money line, which brings us to our second game, or our third game, my bad. We have the Baltimore Ravens, led by running back Lamar Jackson, uh, taking on the Cincinnati Bengals, who they, they're pretty bad right now. Uh, Bengals, three-and-a-half-point favorites at home, 46-and-a-half is the slated over-under. Your picks. Um, God, this makes me want to throw up. Um, I'm taking Ravens money line. Wow. And Grayson is taking Ravens money line. So well, Grayson did take points. Baltimore to win the division. Remember that? Yes, he did. Uh, I just, I don't know. Until the Bengals show me that they're back to being, you know, the team they normally are, I'm, I'm fading them. Yeah, they like, looked they, really bad they in looked week one. Awful week one. They're very bad. And granted, the Browns, you know, did a good job defensively, but it wasn't like, I don't know. It was just ugly. It was just ugly. And honestly, for Baltimore, I didn't really like what they did overall in week one. And they and I know they won in a convincing fashion, but they kind of struggled against Houston in that game. Yeah, they, they let Houston hang around too and long. And I know this new offensive coordinator, you're still getting, you know, trying to get how the playbook's going to work for the rest of the season. But you also lost J.K. Dobbins once again, which another tough break for that for that guy. He cannot really catch any break whatsoever. Now out for the season once again, I believe with the torn Achilles is also as Aaron Rodgers. So I'm not saying that's going to be a factor in this game. I'm just making a, a point there. I think the Bengals, though, will get back on track in this one. But the three and a half is where I'm concerned about. I'm going to take the Bengals just straight. I'll take the money line. Because I could just see them winning by a last-second field goal, but I'm not willing to take Baltimore plus three on that scenario. So I'd rather just play it safe with Cincinnati uh, money line. All right, so it looks like I'm the deciding, the deciding factor here. I think the Bengals are going to win at home. Uh, you got to regress to the mean on offense, so they're not going to have a dud this week. Give me Bengals minus three and a half. Uh, the Ravens have to figure out the running back situation with J.K. Dobbins getting uh, injured. Wait, He's out for the season Most likely now. it'll be Gus Edwards. I was going to say, they got <laughs> Sent on lesson of a Gus bus, Gus Edwards. Well, all written for him here. A uh, guy that shouldn't even made the NFL is now a five or six year uh, guy. And he's Once starting to so <laughs> love, love to see this storyline for him, but I hope he gets his on, on, on Sunday, but I'm, I'm going, for, I'm going with the Bengals right now. And that leads us to the next game. We have the reigning defending Super Bowl champions of the world led by Varolas himself, Andy Reed, lover of barbecue going into Jacksonville, uh, the take on the Jaguars, Chiefs on the road, minus three favorites, over under slated at 51 and a half. I'm taking the over. And you know what? Fuck it. I'm taking the Jags. Love me some T Law. Money ETN. line points? Money. Wow, they're so, picking spreads Jag- today, Grayson. How daring. <laughs> Jags money line in the over, okay. All right, I'm going to rough the Jags. Um, I'm sorry, continue. I just these points are just they've burned me in the past too much right now. I I need I need to just stay stay confident. Are they going to win? Yes, that's it. That's it right now until the boy gets back on track. I had a rough two weeks between college and fucking the NFL. I, I mean, need to get back winning. On yeah, points for me, I've been struggling right with. Uh, yeah, I, I've been struggling with college uh, with um with the NFL, but it seems like college I'm right back on track. So makes sense to me. All right, uh, I'm taking Jaguars money line. Uh, give me uh, give me no Travis Kelsey. I'm assuming no Travis Kelsey. I don't know if he's been cleared yet. We won't know no, for a couple of days. Yet. Um, but give me Jaguars money line because Patrick Mahomes is not Tom Brady, and he cannot make McDonald's cashiers into good wide receivers. Uh, plus the number one option I think is Young Joker right now. So you just before you um you get a win, you should probably cut him. Well, I will say the Chiefs did get back Chris Jones. They signed him back yesterday to a one year deal, so he is back for Kansas City for this game. That is huge for that defense because they had a couple ge- plays against Detroit in which they struggled to stop the run. 
And I think that could be a factor into this scheme against Jacksonville because you know they'll try to evolve Travis Etienne at the most that they possibly can. We saw Calvin Ridley have a nice debut for Jacksonville as well. And honestly now, when you both take in Jacksonville, I think it, I feel more confident now than taking Kansas City money line. So I will take the Chiefs money line to win this game. I just cannot envision them starting the season off 0-2. Um, but I really could see this being a last-second field goal win for the Chiefs. It's not going to come easy, but we saw how the playoff game was between these two. It really came down to the wire. Jaguars made a game, but the Chiefs ended up winning. I think it will be the exact same scenario, and the Chiefs, I think, will get all those issues fixed from week number one and go to 1-1 one one in the year. Disgusting. Who wants to see that? Yikes. Everyone wants to see the Chiefs fail now. All right. Um, we have the uh, we have America's team hosting no. the New York Jets, uh, who recently lost their star quarterback and probably will lose this game as well. Uh, what? Uh, Cowboys, nine-and-a-half point favorites oh, at home, 39-and-a-half points. Uh is the over-under after scoring 40 on the Giants. So I think this over-under is a little bit disrespectful. Um, I'm going to go on and say it. I think the Jets will not win, but I think they will cover, cover by 9.5. Uh, I'm not sure about the over, but I think it will be a messy, messy game because Dak Prescott is a turnover-prone quarterback combined with the Jets, Jets secondary and their front um, and their defensive line. It's going to be a messy game, but I think the Cowboys will prevail, prevail but the Jets will, will, uh, will cover. That is my take. So Jets plus 9.5. Okay. Uh, do, you want, do you want me to go, Grace? Or you want to go? I, I'm I'm thinking for a quick second. My heart wants to take the Jets. It really does. I just logically cannot do it with Zach Wilson at quarterback. Oh God. I'm gonna take Cowboys in the points. Just because I think the offense isn't gonna be able to do anything against this Cowboys defense. And Yes, the Jets defense is very good. Uh, I mean, probably a top five, easy top five defense, in my opinion. But when your offense is going to be so incompetent, I don't think it's going to really matter too much. Mm-hmm. I, just, ugh, I don't know. Well, I'm going to be a fan of things that no one wants to see, and I'm going to take the under for this game. I know it's a low score, but my visioning for this game is that you look at what the Cowboys did to the Giants offensive line in week number one. It was a, a, a you know complete domination from Dallas overall, and now you're facing a Jets offensive line that also is really not that great on paper. Dallas, I think, will be able to get to the quarterback, especially Zach Wilson. But on the other side, I think you'll see the Jets do the same thing. And you spoke about it, Johnson, with Dak Prescott's turnover issues in the previous history. I think you'll see Prescott maybe throw a pick or two in this game. I think you'll see a low-scoring game at the end of the day. Um, I can't really decide on the 9.5, so that's why I'll just stick with the under. I know it's tough considering the number that it's at right now. But I could see this being like a twenty to thirteen final for one of these two teams. All righty, then. So we got some. We got we got the under. We got Cowboys to cover, Jets to cover. All righty, then. So the next game, which I'm hoping is a Patriots win, we have the Dolphins going into Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots. The Patriots are at home. However, Dolphins two and a half point favorites on the road. Over under slate at 46 and a half. My pick is Patriots money line because I'm not picking against my team. It's sacrilegious to take points because I'm rooting for failure. You guys can go. Okay. I'm taking Dolphins in the points. Dolphins minus two and a half. Oh, man, Johnson, it's tough because I took New England last week. and they broke, they broke my heart. They almost covered. They were so close to covering. Or at least making it a void. Uh, the two-point conversion was tough at the end. Uh, Miami looked really good in their first game offensively. They got to regress. They've got. I think they will regress in this game against New England, which is why I'm going to take the under for this game as well. I think you'll see the defenses come out to play in this one. New England does have a good defense. Miami, I know, struggled in their first game against the Chargers, but I think they'll be able to get back on track in this game against New England. And I'm not willing to pick New England to win this game because I know New England will go to Miami later on the season, and you know very well, Johnson, how that goes for the Patriots. So. I always yeah, think for the under in this one. They most they lose in Miami. Lose, yeah. 
Remember, that is the Sunday night game, if I'm not mistaken. For oh, that. boy. Uh, great. In prime time. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, all righty, then. The next game, we have two teams that kind of suck. We have the <laughs> New Orleans football, Saints. Baby. Hey, listen, listen. But it's exciting because you'll see a certain quarterback, which I'll get to in a second. Yep. New Orleans Saints uh, with Derek Carr, um, no Alvin Kamara yet, still suspended, going to North Carolina, take on the Panthers. Bryce Young in his first primetime game. Uh, will he live up to the hype? Hopefully he will. Saints minus three on the road. They have a favorites and 40 and a half is the over under. Gentlemen, your picks. Nicky, go first. I'm going to take the Panthers to win this game. I really did not like the Saints of week number one. If they had played any other team than the Titans, they would have lost. Yeah, they, they literally won by one point. And the Titans' only offense were all field goals. Uh, the Panthers, I know, did struggle in their first game against the Falcons, but when you have a rookie quarterback, those struggles are going to happen. I really think Carolina, with you know the first game in Bryce Young's tenure at home, I think you'll see him make that next jump that he needs to make. And I could see Carolina winning this game. I'm going to take the money line. I know they're three-point underdogs. I will take them straight because um, I really don't want the Saints to win the division because I've heard enough of them being the quote-unquote favorite to win this one. <sighs> Saints money line. Saints All right, events. All right, event. Okay. Let's go Saints marching team. in. And Nick, you kind of took the words right out of my mouth. I'm sick of seeing the Saints. I have no, no beef with Derek Carr, but uh, they, are a curse fr- they are a cursed franchise that brought Bounty Gate into the world, so they deserve to be punished until the end of time. Give me Panthers money line. Give me Bryce Young and the Alabama train. We really have. Three really good Alabama quarterbacks in the NFL. I guess I'm including Mac Jones. Uh, make it a fourth one of Bryce Young. Give me Panthers money line. I want to see him succeed. Okay. And the yeah. final game we have is the second Monday night game. We're having two Monday night games because why the hell not? Uh, put two games. Money. One on your, put one on your TV, one on your phone, one on your uh, computer, one on your TV. Whatever you want to do. Just watch both these games at the same time. We have the Cleveland Browns going into Pittsburgh at the Steelers, even though Cleveland is on the road, they are two-and-a-half-point favorites. 39-and-a-half is the over-under. A lot of miserable lines this week. Man, that is like the third one around the 40-point mark. We're anticipating very low-scoring football. Well, I understand why for this game as well. This is another game where you have two really good defenses. The Steelers, I know, had a tough week one, but... If you look at the over-under scenario for this game, they the under would have hit. And you look at the Browns, obviously it hit, considering what they did to the, the Bengals' offense. Um, the Steelers' offensive line scares me a lot, especially going up against this Browns team that just annihilated the Bengals. I'm going to take Browns' money line to win this game. I have them making the playoffs. I don't have them winning the division, but I do have Cleveland being as one of my wild-card teams. So I will take Cleveland to win. And I think it's just going to be a tough. The Steelers have two tough games to start the season with both two really good defenses. So it's not really their fault. It's just they're not going to really be able to match up, especially since they lost Deontay Johnson and Cameron Hayward now to injuries. I think that's going to loom very, you know, very largely in this game. Yeah, that's that's fair. I'm actually, oh god, this is the most. That's literally exactly what I was going to do. Okay. So he's taking Brown's money line. Yeah. I'm going with Steelers money line. They still have real. They still have real beef with Miles Garrett. They never forgot about that. They almost killed. (laughs) He almost killed Mason Rudolph. Listen, this game means something now because for the longest time the Steelers would just go in and they would just roll. uh, They would roll them no matter what. Uh, So the Steelers have some passion again. I'm going with the Steelers' money line. That's my pick. That is the stone-cold lock of the week, and please don't fade me. <laughs> please don't fade me. A nice a nice way to end that. Listen, I think you have the Steelers making the playoffs now, right? As one of your wild I do. cards? I do. So I, I understand the pick in, in terms of that. So it, it's always an, it's an AFC North battle. Those games usually are very close. Always a dogfight, no matter what. Exactly. Both both games between the Ravens and the Bengals and the Browns and Steelers will both be dogfights at the end of the day, and they'll be very close. It probably will both end on last-second field goals, knowing all of our luck. So we'll have to see. But like you said, two Monday night football games this week, including the Sunday night game on Sunday. So a lot of prime time this week in the NFL week number two. So 
we'll see how this goes. Week one was interesting. Hopefully not many more injuries that happened in week one happened in week number two. So if if you're anyone, just hope that Johnson does not wish upon injury to your starting quarterback because that's exactly what he did in week number one. No pick, no proof. Sure, I have to pick a proof on my phone, and I will leave it to add that. But that's going to do it for the All-Gas No Break Sports Show this week as week number one is in the books in the National Football League, and now we move towards week number two as we get a little bit closer to seeing if these teams will make do you know make up for what they did in week number one and can bounce back to week number two going on the rest of the regular season. We'll have to find out what happens in week number two. But that is it for this week's show. I am Nicholas Pavona. I am joined alongside by Grayson Sheepy G. Marino and Andrew Johnson with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Have a great rest of your weekend.